A couple of weeks ago, we had a very unusual event happen here on Latopia After Dark for the first time ever. A guest walked out on us. That was Canadian writer Joseph Boyden, and some people insinuated that we'd been racially insensitive to him, maybe even racist. Well, you can see the unedited show right here on YouTube. It's only 10 minutes long. Make up your own mind. Both Ian and I were actually quite shocked by what happened. We always ask direct questions on Latopia After Dark, the sort of questions that never get asked on other talk shows. As Ian says, we ask the dumb questions so you don't have to. Well, we could have left it there, but that's not our style. Instead, we searched the internet for the leading expert on Native American matters, and we invited him onto the show. And so this is what happened. To help us discover more about the Native American peoples of today, their histories, their identities, and their future, we are joined tonight by Dr. Leo Kilsback. As an assistant professor in American India Studies at Arizona State University and a citizen of the Northern Cheyenne Nation, he tells us that he's dealt with many idiots over the past, in the past, both in his class and out in the real world, so he should have no problem with us tonight. I'm going to start off with kind of a real softball question, trying not to cause any offense. Right now, right now, at this very moment, the Kansas City Chiefs have traveled from Arrowhead Stadium to play the Washington Redskins at FedEx Field, which is also called Redskins Stadium. Right, Dr. Kilsbeck, right. who you got? Who do I got? I don't have either. I don't have either team. To be an Indian, I, I don't think I'd want to be in that stadium to see a bunch of uh, drunken football fans yelling around. I mean, the entire, I guess, legacy of... The use of mass Indians as mascots is something that's been uh, dis- disrespectful for American Indians for a long period of time. And recently it's been getting more attention just because of Redskins uh, quarterback RG3. Um, one of the major or, or one of the primary um, activists involved is Susan Sean Harjol. She's actually, actually taken uh, a case to the Supreme Court to get that name changed because after all, the Washington Redskins are represent the capital of the United States. That's the capital mm-hmm. city, and they have, I mean, aside from the Cleveland Indians, who we'll get to in a moment. I mean, the Redskins. It's like having the uh, I don't know Louisiana Negroes or 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 something even more derogatory. Yeah, the the legacy of the the just the word Redskins. It's a derogatory term, and it's equivalent to using the N word. Um, but the legacy of the the term Redskins goes back to the colonial era. The 1600s, probably uh, before that, when uh, scalping became a big deal in the um, East Coast, when the settlers of you know United States, the first 13 colonies, they were trying to annihilate Indian people from the area. So what they would do is they would, um, you know, you you would they they they'd have bounties for Indians. So you could and how how did you keep track of your bounties? You know, while you turn in your bear skins and your yeah, skins, same way they did skins. fox pelt and all that. Yeah, for American Indians though, it's it seems like that uh, that um, that racism just continues to have a stronghold uh, against Indian people because people um, tend not to want to talk about it or. Want to confront these issues? How do you feel about Thanksgiving, Leah? 
Oh, we call it Thanks Taken. Yeah, Thanks, thanks taken. for I said that at the beginning of the last show. Thanks for giving us your land. Now yeah, we're taking yeah, it. Taken. Yeah, we all we all get to get get, get together and eat turkey and uh, you know uh, meet meet up with family. I guess you know the whole country shuts down. You know it's a big deal. So uh, for us, you know, we it's just a time for family. I mean, Thanksgiving is a it's actually its legacy is a is an Indian ceremony. Where it's actually a, uh, an actual feast. We want to take your imagery. We want to take your power, but we love all that. But we don't want to deal with you as people. We don't. Want to, we don't want to treat you as human beings. Yeah, we're sort of stuck in the past, um, and it's really hard to try to you know deconstruct that and peel that away without being, um, you know, you know, without turning people away because you know, like I said, you know, sometimes we. Um, have people who come to take our Indian studies classes who sincerely want to learn about Indian people. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the history, you know, in the intro, in, say like in the introduction courses, the history isn't, isn't very uh, nice. When you get into discussing morals and say uh, stuff happening like at um, Sand Creek or the Sand Creek Massacre mm-hmm. uh, or Wounded Knee, the yeah. Wounded Massacre, those, those, those are things that are real, you know, uh, uh, real, real emotional. The United States has perceived American Indians as wild animals to be shot and killed mm. and perceived African Americans as domesticated animals like a horse or a you know, pack animal. And the policies of the two also differ. While African Americans want to be assimilated and want to be part of the, I guess, system, Indian people never wanted to be part of the system. Yeah. They wanted to be left alone. But part of that is that the people and, who were... Well, let me finish. Oh, no, please. And the policy of the United States has been quite the opposite. It has consistently tried to keep black people out, African Americans out, while they wanted to be assimilated, and com- consistently tried to assimilate Indian people and bring them in while they consistently wanted to be left alone. So you can see the conundrum there. And so if, if that's mm-hmm. not telling of how... Uh, I guess the next generations or the, the later generations of, say, uh, Jim Crow laws versus assimilation uh, era Indians, um, how they differ, then I don't know what is. If any of you have children or if any of you have younger siblings who are at the age of six, imagine them being taken away to a, to a, a people who historically have hated you who have stolen your land, who have, you know, killed your ancestors and who just despise everything that... that, that now, why have, they taken, why have they taken you as a six-year-old? What is their justification? The United States policy says we need to take these children to assimilate them, to civilize them, to keep them from their so this savage, is, this is, savage penguins. This is not like social services saying, you know, you're a crackhead, I'm taking your baby. This is, it's, it's, these aren't it's, criminals, these aren't, this is just yeah. people like who, who have red skin and appear to fit a certain stereotype. They're like, we're taking your kids and we're going to teach them how to be people. Yeah, the, the crime is you're Indian and you have kids. That's your crime. And we know what's best for you. And what ends up happening is you create this long line of, uh, you know, children who have, who have psychological issues, who grew up to become adults, who, um, who suffer from, you know, identity crisis, who. You're right. This is something that's, this is something that totally escapes my. And the alcohol, my sphere. Which has been a big deal, hasn't it? Uh, America was this barren wasteland, this virgin wilderness where there weren't no, there was no people. And the people who did live here had no sophistication 
worthy of any respect from the uh, European invaders, when in fact there were numerous tribes and they had very sophisticated societies, more sophisticated than I'd say even today's modern uh, modern countries and modern uh, peoples because they lived in a way that um, that we're still tr- we're still tr- struggling to find. Well, it's, it that seems that in harmony. It's and that's living in harmony with the with the earth. Oh, you're See, not trying to think like a white person now, are you? <laughs> no, uh, that's some I'm, problematic I'm, I'm, areas. I, I like your questions because these are questions that we have in our classes, and we have an entire uh, 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 you know discipline dedicated to answering these questions. You can get a bachelor's of science in American Indian Studies, but to answer to begin your question, dude, I would so take I'll, your I'll, class. I'll, I'll, I'll go back. I'll go back to that. Each tribe sets their own criteria each nation indian nation sets their own criteria some of them can be high, highly sophisticated um and some of them can be as simple as uh, as blood quantum or descendancy this this is something that i i, I anticipate is going to be a problem in the future and it's already causing a lot of problems because you have the south, people who self-identify people who may not have grown up within the Indian community, may not have any Indian relatives, may not have any, you know, link to Indian people at all, other than just an interest to be Indian, who who can, in some cases, in, enroll or become part of a tribe and reap the benefits. Uh, I don't know if there are any, oh, no, this is- any benefits, but but um, some, you know, the, the, the casino industry has been um, yeah. well done yeah. well for some tribes. Um, but, you know, this is something that I, I think is gonna is gonna be a, a problem in the future. Well, here's here's an interesting here's an interesting point. I went just to try to figure out what what went wrong with uh, with with our walkout. Um, I listened to an interview that Joseph Wooden did on the BBC. We are so not the BBC, and no, we're not the BBC. And actually, uh, if if I may drop in, you're listening to Latopia After Dark, brought to you by people like you. That's Maybe right. not so much the people in the other room, but you bring them in here, and it'll be people like them too. Exactly. We're not the BBC. We're not NPR. <laughs> Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, we don't have an agenda, and we don't have any access to grind or tomahawks. We're just bringing you interesting people, airing you know X-rated topics that you simply won't find anywhere else. I dare you. Show us your support, please, for truly free thinking radio by clicking on the support us link on our website now. Now, people, nicely done. Latopia.com/slash. <laughs> Radio. That was subtle. <laughs> Florida State University. I'm sure you're familiar uh, with this one, doc- Dr. Kilsback. Um, a white man dresses up as Chief Osacola, smears war paint on his face, and rides an Appaloosa called Renegade to the middle of the stadium. He then plants a burning spear on the field before every home game. The marching band plays Indian themed music, whatever whatever that might be. <laughs> yeah. And the crowd goes wild doing the tomahawk chop, a move picked up from the baseball team, the Atlanta Braves. And just for some historical perspective, the uh, the real Chief Osacola, he fought the U.S. soldier in the Seminole War. He was captured in 1837 under a flag of truce, died in prison, and before his burial, the soldiers chopped off his head to keep as a trophy. Over right. to you, right. Professor. Right. That's uh, one of the few exceptions where the university has actually gotten permission from the Indian nation to use that uh, mascot, to use that. And, got permission to do all that uh, stuff? <laughs> Holy, yeah, are you uh, kidding me? Uh, Exactly, exactly. I mean, well, it's up to the nation. It's up to the leadership, and it's say the next generation, the next generation of Indian leaders don't. This okay, is, this all right. Ask so, me, ask me this, uh, though, I'll professor. You, are you, you cool this. with it? Are you cool with that? Yeah. 
I would not be cool if that was a Cheyenne mascot and if our tribe uh, agreed for such things to take place. No, personally, I'm not. But I don't have all control of everything. Uh, and I will say this. I will say that this is why uh, topics like this need to be discussed more and Indian people this this also shows the legacy of assimilation to some extent yeah you know because if one uh, if the, one the tribe is cool with this and another tribe is not then certainly some tribes are like hey I got 500 grand can I please be you know insert tribe here right right you know part of being in America is we have uh, the American values dominate and sometimes um, you know, if you're not grounded and if you don't see the issues as they should be, if, if you don't see that that's contributing to the destruction of your, of your, your people's history and legacy, then, um, you know, that, that, that could be highly problematic. You know, I'm not saying that, you know, that's their decision. That's what they agree what's, to do. What's the future? Put, paint a picture of the future for me. I know you're going to say there are so many tribes and different policies for each, but are we all going to end up in one sort of lovely multicolored soup? vaguely brown color are we all going to look like singapore yeah that's right or or we're we're all it's not necessarily all about looks but i i i'm talking i'm talking about racial identity there's a huge part because joseph boyden who could not cite a you know or he got really uncomfortable when we asked him about his ancestors his ancestry saw the youtube yeah well he pointed at his skin as sort of evidence and you know that made me feel like oh well that's weird because i'm a quarter black or an eighth black and i sure don't look it at all do you think we did anything wrong in that way no i think you guys are very inquisitive and those are uh fair questions um you know, no disrespect to Boyden because I don't know him and I don't know his work, but I think that's uh, something that I, I think sooner or later, you know, um, if you're claiming to represent a group, that someone's going to ask you those types of questions. I don't, I don't have the privilege of um, having the benefit of the doubt. Is like, is like how is, is the, the phrase that I say because I look, I look like an Indian. <laughs> uh, do, I look, do I look like a professor? No. Does my brother look like an attorney? No. You know? <laughs> So, so you win some, you lose some. Right, right, right. <laughs> well, but let me just uh, let me just go back to this about about this question of racial identity because I can completely understand and sympathise with obviously the desire to reconstruct yourself after what has been five hundred years of genocide. But that means keeping yourself apart. It means racial purity. It means not assimilating, not integrating. Is that I? I don't know. Is that the best well, way? Well, I, no, that's not. Well, here's the, here's the thing: um, the suicide rate of white males had just surpassed the suicide rate of American Indians just this year. That's really? a statistic really? that you guys look up. Now, no one pays attention when Indians are committing suicide. No, no one pays attention when Indian women are being um, victims, victimized sexually and uh, domestically. No one uh, pays attention when children are being abused. Uh, especially at the hands of uh, of white people, and these are things that are a reality on a reservation, uh, reservation Indian communities. But we're not living the American dream. Um, I, I, you know, I wouldn't say that Indian people have it real good. No, and, that and that's and that's the- and that we're just complaining about things. Mm-hmm. So to us mm-hmm. to reach some level of balance, to me that is. A paradise, and to a lot of Indian people, that would be a paradise. We're not asking for much, you know. We're not asking for the, you know, the basic uh, necessities that uh, I think I, I think most mainstream white Americans enjoy. 
I mean, we uh, that's really what all we're asking for. But here's the thing that you 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 brought this up earlier earlier in the show that the the African Americans they sort of wanted to stay partially because if they went back to wherever they came from they'd be captured by Arabs and you really don't want to be a slave in Oman or and you certainly don't want to be trafficked as a slave by the the Africans who who sold you off to the to the colonies. Um, I didn't say that. <laughs> no, no, I, ju- I just did. No, like, just said that. I just yeah, said yeah. that. No, but there's there's a reason that <laughs> they there's like a reason that. that they wanted to. There's a reason that they well they certainly didn't want to be treated as slaves. They didn't want to be cattle for sure. But they also knew that going back they'd be going back to a different abattoir, if if you will. But you also said that the native peoples wanted to be left alone and and to sort of and that's how they were. And that's so, a pretty reasonable request. It is a reasonable say. request, but they haven't a they haven't been left alone, and b with the attitude of God, just leave me alone, let us get on with it. That's not going to fly because the pressures of American civilization are so intense. The pressures of the marketplace. You know what do you you know what do you have? Oh, you have uranium on your land. Off, we're going to mine that out. You have trees on your land. Off, we're going we're going to take those trees. The pressures are you. It's you. We're no no longer. It seems like no. You no longer have the luxury of even saying we want to be left alone because it's clear that the United States is not is 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 that's not been it's, there. It's not going to happen. Yeah, so yeah, there has I, I, there I, is I, I a. Totally, I totally agree. There is an but advocacy you, but movement, you, but, but you're, you're, you're yes. missing you're missing the element. Oh, I, are you kidding? I'm missing a dozen. Yeah. Well, the element is the the key element is the history when. People ask mainstream white, white Americans what their grandparents were doing. It's probably something really boring, you know, when they were to say, what, are your grand, what were your grandparents doing when they were children? It's probably something really boring and that doesn't really have anything, uh, any, any value, you know, all oh, they were just, you know, doing whatever in the 50s or 40s or whatever. When you ask American Indians what their grandparents were doing, you know, that's, that's within one gen, two generations uh, away. And so the effects of that, those, those historic policies, have so much power, and like I said, uh, uh, well, what Vine said, what you're talking about is what Vine said. They wanted a policy of just leave us alone. That was that's how it was um, historically. Just don't we don't want your. In fact, allotment and assimilation was actually uh, promoted by supporters of Indians. These were the ones who felt that. Well, you can't kill them. Don't kill them. Please don't kill them. We need to treat these Indians with respect. So let's assimilate them. Mm-hmm. You know, and so if we we we'll all see how how that worked out. Yeah, that didn't. But what you're ask, what you're asking is are are things that Indians themselves need to start thinking about, not just individual Indians, but Indian leadership, people who are in charge of their communities, in charge of their tribal governments. People who are at the forefront of these, of their, um, of their people. These are things that they need to think about because you're right. There's this monoculture that's just overrunning everything, everywhere. You know, mm-hmm. you turn on TV, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's like that. But I always believe that multicultural, um, multiculturalism is a lot better than monoculturalism. Oh, for sure. That's one of the reasons I absolutely love living in London is there's everybody's yeah. from everywhere. You hear 30 languages and p- there's identity, sure, but there's you're in this melting pot, and if you don't if you don't like it, then you know you really need to move to the home counties where it's a completely different animal. And uh, that reminds me, I had a T-shirt from the uh, I, I believe it was the Colorado Intramural. Um, 
uh, a basketball team they came out with, and it would, they'd called themselves the Fighting Whiteys. There's a Native American right. intramural basketball team, oh, and they had this. Cool. They had this. Bri- they had this dice of our own medicine, They had this it? brilliant um, logo of like a Bob Dobbs kind of white guy with a pipe, and it said, <laughs> "Everything's gonna be all white." I bought twelve of those. It's like Christmas sorted. I want to talk about the Lone Ranger. Oh yeah, please, please. if we may. Yeah. I want to talk about the Lone Ranger in that. Um, just came out with Johnny Depp uh, recently. It was panned by the critics. Uh, it was mm-hmm. mostly uh, panned by by most American Indians. Although the Comanches, uh, the uh, Comanche chairman Wallace Coffee, uh, he's an elected mm-hmm. official of the Comanche people, says while he would have liked to see a Native person playing the role, quote, I think it was a very realistic portrayal of a Native American. It's got mm-hmm. dramedy, it's got drama, and it's got a lot of comedy. It fits right mm-hmm. in with Comanche culture because we are well known as a humorous people. Later on, Depp was made an honorary member of the mm-hmm. Comanche Nation. And, uh, and now he, he's thinking about buying Wounded Knee. And he? he attended the Comanche oh, Fair last October as an honored mm-hmm. guest. So mm-hmm. I would like to quote Tonto from from the movie. Uh, I'm going to do my best to do it in, in true Depp death, death, uh, method this actor style. Are you, are you ready? Do not Take touch. It away. All right, here we go. Do not touch rock. Rock cursed. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, the Aca- I'd like I'd like to thank the Academy. How many millions did he make for that? Okay, so there's so so there's that. Um, thoughts, Professor? Yes, please. Oh wow, uh, I haven't seen the movie. Um, I don't well, think you've, 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 stum- you've stumbled you've, in a room where just, nobody in this house has seen the movie. Well, 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 here's the thing. Um, you know. Johnny Depp as an actor, he's he's done some he's done some pretty good work. He's an actor in uh, one of the, my favorite movies of his is uh, Dead Man. I strongly encourage you guys to watch that. Um, but one of the things that I think is uh, has, uh, this is one of those things that I think got blown out of proportion to some degree because well, it was a two hundred sort of million sort of dollar movie. It's sort of an easy thing to criticize. I mean, it's sort of you know from from my perspective, it's sort of an easy thing to criticize, and it, it, it's. The conclusion that I had, because I had numerous people ask me about this this issue, and yeah. um, one of the things that I conclude is is that um, the I guess the power uh, and the uh, art, artistry of movies like Django and Twelve Years a Slave, um, and the time and effort and the you know the artistry that went to that type of work, you can see how far behind we are as American Indian people. Yes. You see how far we we are yeah. uh, behind. We are you now. I, I, you know, when, if if you if you read the uh, the Johnny Depp article or interview in Rolling Stone, he he has some pretty righteous things to say about Indian youth or Indian youth, which I think I think he was uh, correct correct about because we do suffer a lot from uh, identity issues and crisis. Um, one of the things that I I think if we're going to criticize uh, actors like Johnny Depp, we should also criticize. Uh, Indian actors. We have a large population of Indian actors who, mm-hmm. um, and then leaders too, who, um, from mm-hmm. what I understand, uh, you know, don't really contribute to their to to their communities as much as they much as they should. Not saying that it's something that should be high on their priority list. I mean, because after all, it's America. Yeah, but, but Hollywood's Hollywood's got to do, does the casting. Yeah, you know, there's yeah. plenty of there's yeah. plenty of Hollywood does the casting. Do you want the job or not? And if not, it's going. Yeah. I mean, you pretty much got Danny Trujillo, and that's that's it. Well, well, well. What I mean by that is that Johnny Depp, 
Um, despite his, you know, goofy attire and goofy portrayal, I, I, the movie itself opened up a leg, uh, reopened old wounds yeah. of the legacy of, hey, you Tonto Indian, look how you talk, you're a stupid Indian, you know, pretty much. So something that yeah. this generation of Indian people ha- don't remember. I remember that because when I was, was on the kid, radio, yeah. You used to see that all the time happen and, you know, but, but, uh, but Tonto talks like he's retarded, doesn't he, really? Well, okay, yeah, but yeah. Uh, just to give it a little perspective, in, you know, Samuel L. Jackson, who... Well, in, you're not going to do some more acting. No, 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 but in, in, in uh, Django Unchained, you know, he mm-hmm. plays possibly the most loathsome house Negro ever in the history of film, but it's done with such deftness and artistry that you're just, you, you've got to admire the way he really gets into that, into that role. Mm-hmm. But on the, on the other side of the coin, in, in 2000... <coughs> Uh, in Shaft 2000, which was a Shaft 2000. yes, which is a remake how of the original. How do you even know? About which is a remake of I'm the original. Spend your spare time. Which is a remake of the original Shaft uh, black exploitation yes. films of yes. the 70s. Yes. He says, um, <clears throat> "You know me. It's my duty to please that booty." <laughs> and and right. and um, maybe I should workshop my foot up your ass. So, yeah. you know, yeah, you, you know, you know, here, here's 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 my final, I, I guess, take on the uh, uh, on the uh, issue of Johnny Depp um, and which is why I wrote the article that you guys read in uh, Indian Country Today. I encourage I like that type of activism that people are speaking out against these neg- negative in- images and stuff like that. But it shouldn't stop there. Today's activism, you know, it, it it can be safe. We can do it in front of a computer in the comfort of our home. We don't necessarily have to go out and uh, actually do something. But that shouldn't stop an activist from, you know, if you're speaking out against Johnny Depp, then you should take the next step and say, well, let's get some justice here. Let's uphold some treaty rights. Let's go to the United Nations. Let's try to get some of some of our land back that was stolen. You know that's that's really. But if you're doing that from 560 different tribes, how can you club together to get that collective weight? It has been done. It has been done on numerous occasions. You know, uh, the National Congress of the American Indian, but also individual tribes themselves. They can they can petition for uh, you know to have the their their voices heard, and it depends on the leadership. Depends on the people. You know, and that's something that I, I think, I think, uh, you know, people don't really understand that because they think Indian activism is something that you can do in the, in the comfort of your, of your home, which is, which is a start. It's a start. You know, don't get me wrong. I don't like the Redskins, but if I could, you know, do something about it and provide some testimony to get that name changed, I would. And, uh, to be honest, there's a lot of Indian activists out there who maybe they won't take it that far. You know, maybe to them, uh, as far as they'll take it is, 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 uh, blasting it on Facebook or blasting it in the comment section. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it takes that only a gets you more. so far. But I think if, yeah. I mean, personally, let's, uh, let's put a shout out here to tell people, hey, be responsible. Don't watch the Redskins play. Don't buy their jersey. Don't, don't support that particular franchise. And when they come to your city, don't go. Right, right. Uh, that's, that's pretty radical stuff for you as, that's, as an enormous football fan. Like I said, there will never be a Kansas City Chief or, or a, a Washington Redskin on my fantasy team. That's the stand I'm taking. That's tough. That's activism. That is tough. Yeah, that's what, uh, <laughs> yeah we, we do what we can here at Latopia. 
after right, dark. Right. Um, I would like to thank you very much for joining this discussion with us, uh, Dr. Kilsback. Yeah. It's been really yeah. eye-opening. I feel like a little bit of my stupidity has been um, has been uh, erased. And, well, that's, and I, oh, that's a little bit. I said, didn't <laughs> I'm not going to put a percentage on it, but definitely an appreciable bit, especially on Native American matters in which I've, I've always been uh, quite fascinated with. I'll just keep you, you asking can't. stupid questions. You keep knocking them out of the park. And that's this week's show, folks. Just a reminder that the full audio version of each show is usually around about 50 minutes long and is always available as a free podcast. So you can listen when you want to and where you want to. And indeed, whatever you happen to be getting up to at that particular moment. Litopia After Dark is the Nets first and foremost talk show. We ask the dumb questions so you don't have to. Seriously, if you like our shows, please show your support. Click on the Donate button on the website right now to buy an official Radio Litopia license fee. It's much cheaper than the BBC. Also, and this won't cost you anything, please help us to spread the word. Tweet about us, mention us on your Facebook page, and do get in touch with your thoughts, suggestions and comments. Always welcome. Thanks for watching. See you soon.